Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Get Nerds podcast. Today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Andrew Pettit. Welcome. Hi, Gaffin. You okay? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Good. So the main discussion of this is going to be talking and bringing awareness to type 1 diabetic. Um, you've, you, you are type 1 diabetic. Um, yeah. A lot of people have a misconception of what one type one diabetic is and around it to be fair with you um so the difference between type one and type two um, yeah what's your take on that what's, what's what what do you find the difference being so to be fair there's there's a, there's a massive massive difference between type one and type two i think i think it happened over the few years where if i'd gone to school or bit of work people say I've got diabetes people are like oh you're type one or type two so predominantly type one most of the people that get type one diabetes you have it before the age of 18 and I think that there's a very small percentage after the age of 18 or past the age of 30 actually get type one diabetes um so it's obviously just caused by a weaker immune system my pancreas doesn't produce um the same amount as insulin as a normal person um, so it means I have to take medicine, which is insulin, which is Nova Rapid, um, to keep my like bloods level or as level as they can be. Um, and type two diabetes is without sounding harsh, it's kind of, it can be caused by obesity and it can cause by like poor, poor health, really. Um, a lot of, a lot of people that get it is when you kind of hit past your forties, when you start to kind of. Obviously, you're getting older, but you, some people don't take care of themselves, or sometimes it can get caused by thyroid problems, which is also a lot to do with diabetes. Um, my brother's got a thyroid problem at the moment, probably how it will do for life. Um, so that's connected to type 1 diabetes. So I think that there's the similarities thyroid with type 2, um, type 1, and yeah. But yeah. that's the, the start of it, really. It, it what what basically happens is type one, the um it just the, the bacteria gets destroyed, um it, it destroys itself sort of thing in the pancreas, um and then obviously um in type two it's more um insulin resistance then isn't it rather than destroying yeah, exactly. um, so and as you mentioned um type two is more genetics and lifestyle, um and type one yep. genetic and environmental uh, rather than it just being life choices um you can't really very rarely you can i wouldn't say you, you pick to be type one if that makes sense so you can't just go yeah. <laughs> type one sort of thing it's, it's, yeah uh, what yeah, i was just gonna say what well, type type sorry i was just gonna say type one diabetes there was i've got um like a distant cousin that's got type one diabetes and that's the only person family that has anything to do with that um, like I said earlier, my brother's got um, a thyroid kind of disease, um, but that's quite common beyond a lot of people around the country and around the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I looked after myself very well. I was always doing a lot of sports. From the late, it was about two weeks before my 11th birthday. I played hockey, golf, football, rugby. I was very, very sporty, always very fit. Um, but yeah, I just came out of nowhere, really. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mystery, really. It's it's still a, it's a bit of a taboo kind of condition, 
well they call it a disability now but it's, it is very taboo it's not very much talked about on tv or on the news as much as it should be i think which is yeah yeah i was just about to say what age were you um when you first diagnosed um what was that like then so obviously you're a 10 11 year old young lad playing football playing doing doing and then having to in, inject yourself and what was that yeah, like to start off with because now we'll, we'll talk about the technology now later yeah. on because that, yeah. that baffles me and you know it does yeah, well, it's, it's, I mean, it was absolutely crazy. So it was 2000, 2007. It was probably about Boxing Day. I just I remember the dates very well. I'd start to feel very unwell. Um, it was like I had a cold. I'd started to be, had no appetite. I was always very thirsty. Um, and I was had headaches and I was in bad moods. And it was just, it was, it was horrendous, really. So you can imagine a 10-year-old going through that. Um, and it was the day after the school holidays of Christmas, we were going back to school and I was sat having some cereal and I just completely KO'd my friend, Oliver, my best friend at the time, Oliver and his little brother Harvey was sat next to me because they were neighbours and we used to go to the same school. And my mum was just like, right, get taken Andrew to hospital. That's it. My dad was like, oh, it'd be all right. He just got a cold. But it turned out that I think it was, it would have been 10 days. I'd lost one stone seven. So... For you're talking a 10 year old losing that amount of weight is it's like I think of it now it's like bloody terrifying really um and it was scary like I fell down the stairs <laughs> I have to go to the toilet literally every five minutes and I'm not even joking <laughs> every five minutes um got admitted to hospital I was in hospital for four or five days then within the first three hours um I did I injected myself um just yeah it was I can't really explain it It was just it was a bit of a blur but I kind of over the last few years I've kind of remembered it all and it's a bit crazy really yeah I can imagine that being a little scary especially what 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 you like well before then what we like with needles and stuff like that what do you do you mind them or obviously probably I wasn't naive or anything I was just I'm not even sure I was just young you don't you don't think of that you're young that's the last thing you think about obviously you watch casualty with your mum or hobby city in a week <laughs> i hope that doesn't happen to me but and it did and it was just yeah it was yeah it was scary scary but i knew i had to, had to get on with it really yeah and growing up how was how has it affected has has it affected you um as all because i obviously have seen uh, i've worked with you for a while um and i've seen some days where you would require more sugar, you'd require, especially on longer shifts. Um, yeah. And dips, dips in, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be mood as such, it'd be more as yeah. just one. No, I would, I would say it was probably moods, yeah, because it's hard to explain, but like I say, we've worked together, so we know we worked together for over a year, so. Yeah. Diabetes has a lot to do with hormones as well. So if my blood sugars are low, it's like I'm on a night out. It's like I'm drunk. It's like I'm really hyper. It's like it's like giving a kid a candy bar. They're going to be hyper as anything for an hour. But then when they come down, that's, that's the best way of describing it. Um, that's what my bloods are like when they're low. But when they're high, it's, I wouldn't say aggressive. It's just, it brings out kind of a toxic, kind of moody kind of area in me, um, which is, it, it, so the best way I can describe it is, imagine if you're in a mood in work, then 
you got high blood sugars as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, I was never a moody person in work. I am now. Well, listen, I've not been divorced, so that was a different person back then. Yeah. Um, so, what um, when you were growing up, um, did it become normal normal quite quick for you, or how was that like going through high school? Because obviously, you'd have a a, a bag. Um, yeah, with your insulins and stuff in. Yeah, well, quite frankly, without without wanting me to get the violin out for myself, it was it go was really it. Go for it. <laughs> it was really quite bad. To be fair, the, the first nine years of having diabetes was really bad. Um, the doctors and the consultants when they tell you that oh, you'll accept it one day, it's like a condition or disability. You'll accept it one day, and there's no day you can't. Put on a calendar when that day is going to hit and to be honest with you it sounds um, quite bad but it only happened about 18 months ago that that day kind of hit um so I wouldn't say I abused I abused my own body with I, I I think I took I took the piss out of my own body really because when I first got diagnosed with diabetes two months prior to that my my mum and dad had broke up um so I don't know, in 2007, 2008, everyone had like the fall, didn't they? Where the, there was a massive economic crisis. My dad lost his two businesses. Um, house was about to get repossessed. Um, so as a 10-year-old, that's bad enough to deal with. But yeah. then when you get told you're going to have a life-changing condition that's going to change your life, life's never going to be the same again. And if you don't look after yourself, you're going to die. You get told that straight by a doctor. It's, it's scary. Um and it was I was about I was six months off from going into high school as well, um, and that was a massive eye opener because I think when you go into high school, it's a new world, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of start new friends, you've got new friends groups, and yeah, it's difficult. Um, but I think the first, I think a year and a half after having diabetes, it kind of it hits because. I was admitted to hospital for about, I think, six days because I'd taken, I hadn't taken any insulin for three days, which if anyone that has diabetes or a doctor that's listening to this knows that's absolutely horrendous. And it's just like next level bad. And I was on, I was on the edge of being like death, like yeah. a young body, not very, um, I was on a drip. I, like I say, that amount of time, and I was I put myself in a state um, when I first I, put, I think I was out of sports for about six months. I didn't play. I used to play hockey for my, my local side, play for Cheshire, um, and and I was very kind of high level hockey player as well at that time from my age. Um, everything stopped, so sports, um, and yeah, it was. It was Every, every year and year everything kept kind of getting worse and worse you think it'd be getting better and better but I kept taking advantage and of my body and thinking I was invincible kind of thing and that really wasn't the case um I remember I didn't take I think it was one day I start, had a diabetic device which is a diabetic pump which I've got here which has got a wire it's connected to my body at the moment um that had just been given to me by the NHS and because I didn't know how to use it. I, I, I'm that kind of person. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, but really I didn't know what I was doing. 
and I gave myself two days of insulin in one hit. Um, and that nearly, that, that nearly killed me. And I was sat in school in DT in a woodwork class and an ambulance had to get called out to school or like 30 pupils were in the lesson with me. Um, and that, that was another scary point. Um, I've had times when I've been in school and I've been testing my bloods and because teachers didn't really know about diabetes, it's like I say, it's a bit of a taboo thing, even five, six years ago, well, 10 years ago, really. Um, they're like, Andrew, get off your Game Boy. I had one teacher in history take my blood monitor off me saying, right, Andrew, get off your Game Boy and put you in isolation kind of thing. And my response to it was like, fucking hell, like, <laughs> it's, it's a diabetic device, like open yeah. your eyes kind of thing. Um, I've had I've had issues with that before, um, but yeah, it's. I think diabetes is more is becoming more common and common, like more common, but it's still it's still not talked about enough. Um, but it's a fairly it's a fairly new thing, I think, um, and, and not a lot of people understand it still to this day. Um, which it used to frustrate me, but it doesn't anymore because I don't know about other. Di- like conditions like so but yeah I've, I've had some I've had some really near misses to be fair um <laughs> I, I've had really near misses like what's the other one I remember I, I went out for dinner with my dad um to the fish pool just in, outside Tartley and um I thought we were going to be eating some dinner together and we, we we weren't um in the end we just had drinks but I gave myself 15 units of insulin thinking right Knowing me, I can eat like a horse. So I thought, right, get a burger, a brownie for dessert, and I like I eat for anything. Um, and I didn't have any, I didn't I didn't have anything to to eat. So my dad dropped me off back at my mum's house, went to bed. Two and a half, three hours later, I woke up. There's two paramedics by my bed. My brother, my mum, my stepdad were all watching over me. They just pumped adrenaline into my arm. I was unresponsive. <laughs> There's me looking at the ceiling, bloody dribbling. <laughs> dribbling. <laughs> like, what, like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what's happened? Um, and that, and it, and it sounds stupid again. I just didn't care. I, yeah. I didn't care. Not have a care in the world. I, I didn't think about. I didn't think about the self myself. I didn't put. I didn't think about the impact I was having on my own life. And most importantly, I didn't have an. I didn't think about the impact I was having on my mum's life or my family's life, because I was just so. Oh God. I do what I want, get away with it, kind of thing, and it's had it's had some like really really severe repercussions for me, um, which has led on to some more kind of health issues. But I, you make mistakes, don't you? So yeah, young, no, immature me, definitely. And as you say, you you're kind of knocking on random doors, aren't you? Like, how far yeah. can I push my body? How far can I actually go? Um, and then when something like that happens you go wait a minute that's that's enough there but it also comes down to the education side of things so you might as you mentioned they the nhs tried to show you with a thing but you kind of knew sort of thing it might come down to, to if there's someone out there who is young um who might have just been diagnosed type, type one or a parent sort of thing who's had a child been diagnosed the education side of things of letting the nhs explain everything to you um and yeah. kind of not 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 take the person go, go mental and yeah. <laughs> well, well this is it like so the last the last two years i've really really made sure i've like matured and not just as like with my diabetes as a person and like understand things a lot more 
Um, and like I say, I, I think the NHS are amazing the way they've kind of supported me. Like Jane Bridges, my diabetic consultant, she's helped me above and beyond, um, like massively. Um, Sorry, I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> it's my Alexa. Show <laughs> <laughs> up, Alexa. Uh, <laughs> um, I know going to go off there. It's like, don't you start. Um, but I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you read it, but I did a blog about a year ago and it was... Got it written. Uh, got it written. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a blog and all the things I've messed up with and just, God, made an absolute... Like, just, I've, I've read things, I've done things that I shouldn't have done and it's all led because I haven't taken care of myself. Granted, not everything. I've, I, that's my, obviously, <laughs> you can't blame everything on my diabetes, but... No, no. There's, there's, there's 99% of the things in there are down to me not taking care of myself. Um, I put I put that blog on like a, an international kind of blog website. Yeah, I've had a few parents kind of email me and say kind of it's a good story. We understand because their kids have been suffering with it. Um, I know I know people that are customers that come to the pub and they talk to me about it. I've had a customer saying, "Oh, you're diabetic because they can see the cable running from my back pocket to my stomach," and they talk to me about it. They understand. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a bit of a crazy one, really. It's hard. It's hard to describe it all in such a short amount of time. I could I could be thinking about it for ages. So you mentioned work there. Um, how do you think that it's affected work um, for you? So I've seen, as I would say, we we work together. And some days, right, you would get a, a pint of coke come through, and I was like, "What a little bastard! I'm sweating <laughs> over here. I'm sweating over here, right?" And I asked for a pint of coke. They told me no. Right. And now he's getting a pint of coke. What's this about? <laughs> understandably, the reasons why, before anyone's like, oh, what a horrible man that, but understandably why. But when you're in deep in service and you're sweating on one side and then there's nothing on start, as it is. But how do you think it's affected you? Um, especially like some of the long shifts that you do and stuff like that. Um, we mentioned a little bit um, of home, uh, mood swings and stuff. Do you think getting out um, good as well for it? What, sorry? Do you think um, taking yourself out of the kitchen, obviously now you're working front of house now, do you think yeah. that's helped? Yeah, I think I'm, I think moving out of the kitchen is the best decision I've ever made, 100%. Um, so I was in the kitchen for well, seven and a half, eight years. Kind of my first five years, I really enjoyed it. I had a really strong passion for it. I was working in a hotel. It was really like three rows at really high level. Um, we're doing like 60, 65 hours a week. And we're doing really serious, serious hours, serious work. Um, and it was affecting my life massively um, because my diabetes was suffering, my health was suffering. Because as we all know, and I'm sure a lot of people can appreciate, when you're busy, you don't eat that much. People say, oh, you work in a kitchen you eat a lot of food like that's just not the case because when you're when you're working with so much food every day you just see it every day and you're just like fucking hell like this is not what this is not what you need not what you want sorry not what you need um so i i lost i started to lose a bit of weight um i was getting stressed and stressed and like when i said earlier hormones come into it it's because when you're stressed that it's different for every diabetic, every person with type 1 diabetes or type 2. When I'm stressed, my blood sugars go really high and there's nothing I can do about it. 
I can give myself insulin to bring it down and just won't do it. If, if I'm really stressed, which is never, it's really not anymore. I'm never stressed anymore. Um, my blood sugars are really high. Um, and it just maybe me, maybe hate my job. So I remember making a move to the Morris Dance, obviously where we worked. I was there for three years, really enjoyed the first year. And then the second year, I just started to hate it because I realised it wasn't what I wanted to do. But I think we can all appreciate when you've done something for so long coming out of school, you think, right, we'll give it, we'll give it another go. Um, and for that fine. It's a fallacy, isn't it, where you invest so much time into something and you think that's yeah. it. Um, and same as you, um, I invested a lot of time into it and it was very difficult to step out. And yeah. even now it's different. Some days, I mean, still get a phone call every now and again from BMP saying, "Can yeah. you help us out?" And it's it's difficult. Like you can walk back in tomorrow and just it'll be like, it's like having a relationship. You know, you need to leave, but you just don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, yeah, can't say. Um, yeah. So, like I say, the, the final year of being a chef, and we'd had we'd had lockdown and. I was at, I live with my auntie, but kind of I spend a lot of time with I spent a lot of time during lockdown by myself because my auntie's a nurse. Um and I had a lot of time to reflect and think about what I really wanted out of life and what I wanted for myself. And I couldn't I just couldn't be asked with the stress anymore or the unhappiness that it was bringing me. It affected a past relationship, it passed it affected how I was with like family. And they say it does sound cliche, but when you're in a happy job, it makes you bloody happy in life. Yeah. Um, Ryan, my boss, very kindly gave me the opportunity to go front of house um, and become a trainee assistant. Um, and it's 100% the best decision, 100%. Um, because, like I say, I love chatting to people. I don't mean like locked away. I'm a very chatty person. I can, I could probably talk to a brick wall if you if you left me there. Um, but yeah, it's the best decision I've made. And since I've been doing that in September, I've been so happy. My my diabetes is the best it's ever been. I'm in the best kind of shape and physical shape I've been mentally as well. Um, yeah, because I think I think that's another thing as well. Having diabetes and trying to deal with work life and diabetes it takes a, it's a mental strain as well for you um i don't think i ever appreciated that either till obviously you, you do struggle with it yeah uh, so yeah and i've like i said I've, I've moved jobs in the last month still in the same company but obviously working in oldly edge wilmslow now and i love it absolutely love it it's, it's cracking so and a lot, and you think a lot of that is due to stress related, because as as everyone can imagine, um, the kitchen environment, especially when there's that some of the numbers we were doing um, oh, with some of the God. staff we had. Um, do you know I mean the figures? Were, the figures is always going to be against you. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, a lot of it is about the the financial side of things, and I get that business is a business. Um, yeah, but some of the stress mentally and physically was not accounted for uh, in my opinion and, and I mean we were we were both very open um, when we worked together about how we felt at some days um I mean yeah. I me, my mental battle then was ridiculous um I mean you get up in the morning like I'm not driving from Liverpool to there no nah, <laughs> not a chance um 
And it, it, I, remember, I remember saying to you when you first went to Liverpool, I was like, you told me you went to Liverpool. I was just like, you're mental. Like, you're crazy. But I do that journey every day. And I travel from kind of Chester to Wilmsley every day. But, yeah. but it's, it's little things. And like, you think that it's the right thing for you. And you, as you say, you mature, you get older, you're starting to wisen up. And you're like, wait a minute, this is not what I want to do. Um, yeah. At the time, don't get me wrong, money-wise, it was brilliant because we were on hourly wage. And yeah. any any chef, you, 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 I wasn't. <laughs> any chef will tell you if they can take an hourly wage over a over a, excuse me over a salary, they will do it one hundred percent. That was one of the biggest yeah. reasons why I was not taking another contract on a salary because I was like, nah, I'm doing okay here. We're in the staff, and I'm going to get paid for my hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah no, don't get me wrong the, the company i worked for was amazing but at the end of the day it's only you that can make that decision what job you want to be in and it it does have an impact on the rest of you so yeah it's so, crazy holidays okay you were you were at a spontaneous <laughs> moment uh and i was i remember being in the kitchen when it happened oh uh, god when you decide to book uh, a few weeks away to thailand Okay. And I remember saying, you won't do it, you won't do it, you won't do it. Neither of you will book it. Both of you booked it. And first of all, well done for both of you, because I was like, fair play, explore. What was that like going on holiday uh, and that long um, with foods that you weren't maybe too sure of? Because obviously you had the comfort of foods and stuff here to then go to a different new place. Obviously you went Singapore, you went Thailand, you did a few different countries. Uh, around that area sort of thing what was what was that like and how did you maintain your levels and what would you do different if you were to go back now um with being a little bit more mature because yeah gone <laughs> oh jesus uh, <laughs> um like like number number one i'd definitely go with a different person <laughs> uh no no i th- Number one rule for going traveling, if you're going to go traveling, and this is this is no kind of disrespect to the person I went with. I think I think we were both on different wavelengths. We we were good mates, but we just yeah, um, go, yeah, just go go traveling by yourself. <laughs> That's the best thing to do. Hundred um, percent best best advice you can give to anyone. Go by yourself because that's yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a it was a massive eye opener for me. I I don't think I was ever the same after I came back. To be honest, um, I changed massively. It was I went for three and a half weeks. So I think it was twenty. I went for twenty five days, twenty four days. Yeah. Uh, first day we got there, it was forty eight degrees, which is just like <laughs> England's summer. England's hottest days are twenty four degrees. So doubling that, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> like, there's me turning up in a night hoodie, some black jeans, and I'm absolutely goo straight away it was it was just next level I remember I not many people want to hear this but I was physically instantly sick got in the Bangkok airport and I was just instantly sick I felt dehydrated it was horrible um but that was nothing to do with diabetes and I think that's because of what I was wearing um but yeah we traveled we traveled around all the country Bangkok Singapore Koh Panyang we did the islands Fifi Islands Koh Samui uh, we went to Singapore Malaysia um it was great. The food, the, to be fair, the food, it's it's different. But I think 
where we are as a country, there's so many Thai restaurants or Asian restaurants yeah. around. It's it's really not that different, and it surprised me because I thought, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be have like I don't know snake every night for dinner and stuff. Yeah. But it was it was there's a lot of the dishes over in Asia. They're all rice based. So like I say, you have a lot of egg fried rice, a lot of chicken, a lot of fish dishes. I stayed away from the fish because food poisoning, in case. Um, but yeah, it was rice and kind of yeah that was that was it really that was that was kind of it and I think for me the hardest part of going away to such a hot country or country sorry um was the temperature because it was just like it was just next level and it my diabetes some days were just fluctuating up and down I was like a yo-yo yeah um I remember sat on a beach and I was just drinking a, a beer and it was just like fucking hell I wanted to go I wanted to go home I didn't want to be there because it was so hot um, and there's eight right next to you saying like get a fucking grip of yourself but I think that's because he didn't understand yeah. what was happening you can't you can't explain to somebody something about yourself when they're not going through it yeah no, um, it was horrible um, but like I said it's a, le- it's a learning curve and I'm glad I'm 100% glad I did it and I'd, I'd do it again I'd do it again but I'd do things a lot differently um, yeah that's the best way I can Private, really. What would you What would you do differently then? Um, obviously, you can't control the temperature, um, but how How would you, if you were to go hot and holiday and stuff, how would you be able to control the sugar levels and stuff better? Would it be eating more often, less portions, sort of thing? So you more throughout the day, as if bigger uh, portions once a day. Um, I think I think a lot of it's to do with consistency. To be honest, okay. I think everything in life is about consistency, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And with diabetes and any other condition that's out there, you've got to be consistent in what you do. And I wasn't consistent when I was out there. Some days I'd have breakfast. Some days I'd have lunch. Other days I wouldn't have breakfast. I wouldn't have lunch. Yeah. So I'd always have water on me, but I wouldn't always drink it. I'd just have it there. Um, hydration is a massive, massive part to play when you're in a hot country like that because, as we know, if you're dehydrated, you get massive headaches and it put, it knocks you out, doesn't it? Um, and that had a massive part to play with diabetes as well. But I, I, I did quite well out there with the diabetes, to be fair. Um, I didn't have any episodes. I didn't have any kind of near misses. I, I took, well, I took control of myself. Um, but like I say, it's, I think... For me, there were certain things I stayed away from. So during that three, three, four weeks, the only thing, only meat I actually tasted was chicken out there because I was so scared of getting food poisoning because if, if you get food poisoning as a normal person, we know it can knock you out. It, it will just swipe you. But me as a type 1 diabetic, it could have potentially, it could potentially put me in hospital, kill me. Yeah. Um, and that, that I did it, it scared me to be fair. I don't I don't want to be halfway across the world. Yeah. Um diabetic where in other countries, which I'd I'd read up on before, Asia don't know a lot about diabetes. Right. Um Singapore is a, a very, very dated place, but um for diabetes. But other than that, I, I was scared of having like meats and stuff. So I, I, I did stay a lot to kind of rice dishes and noodles and stuff like that. Um but yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of stuck with basics uh, and didn't try to overcomplicate it um, and stuck to what you know sort of thing, to be fair. 
yeah. And for anyone, as, as you kind of touched on it, to be honest, we've been consistent. So if there is anyone out there thinking, right, I'm going to go on holiday, but I'm obviously seek medical advice first. But what would be your like little tip if you had a tip for them um, at all? Well, the, the most important thing is you, you've got to you've got to research where you're going. You've got to research when you go to every I don't know every new city, every new island, every new city. Like I say, everything everywhere you go, you need to research where you're going and what's there to support you. Um, because when I was before I went there, I just booked the holiday. <laughs> But then the run up to actually going on the holiday, I was like, "Fucking, I need to, I need to, I need to get myself sorted." Yeah. Like my medical insurance cost one hundred and fifty pound. Medical insurance for three weeks, it was one hundred and fifty pound, which is you put that that is ridiculous. Yeah. Like medical insurance for you would cost like twelve pounds. Uh, disagree. I've got a heart condition. <laughs> All right, sorry, to, sorry to burst that bubble, but I think mine would be quite high as well. <laughs> How much does it cost you, Jeff, and tell? I, I don't know, mate. I've got a heart murmur, so if anyone can uh, let okay. me know, then. Um, but I, I asked him on the phone when I my booked at um, Stayshore, the company I was with, and I said, "What if I wasn't diabetic, how much would it be? It was like 12 quid. So for three and a half, four weeks, it was 150 quid. And I didn't take that consideration when I booked the holiday. And that's another thing. Like, it's not naivety. It's just you just don't think sometimes. So, yeah, you, you just got to do your research and make sure it's the right place for you to go and make sure you've got that security and knowing that you're going to be safe when you go there. Otherwise, just don't do it because it's, it's your life at risk, really. Yeah, and after you came back, you we were working together um, and then obviously went into lockdown and you wrote the blog. Okay, I want to discuss a little bit about this blog. <laughs> what, made, what made you open up if you like uh, and really go into detail because there's some you know, I mean you go into some very specifics in the blog um, about everything but that's the first time you've actually really opened up had that been something on your mind for a while that you wanted to say but you didn't want people um, to go what's he do- doing were you bothered about anyone saying anything or what was it um, to be honest I thought having my condition for 13 years you get you get a lot of shit off people I'd, I'd, I'd had bosses in the past saying oh Andrew's ill today it's to do with diabetes he's useless because he's got diabetes I had that once which is when you say it people are like oh he's saying that's bullshit it's true um that's not my confidence if you, you as a person know I'm a confident person I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me yeah. <laughs> that's just how I am um but Eight, it's the best way to describe this without saying anything. Eight months prior to that blog going out, I'd gone through certain things and it was a massive kind of stepping stone for me where for me as a person, I needed to, I felt like I needed to mature and it was my kind of option and kind of hope that people would understand where I was coming from. Because like I say, it was, a, it was a massive, massive blog I did for me anyway. It was a long blog and it was it gave a lot of people insight on my life and what's happened. Um, and I wanted people to understand. Like I'd had past I had over 35 people message me about that blog, and that was just on Facebook and say, bloody hell, like we knew he diabetic, but we didn't 
know how it was this bad. And we're talking like friends and stuff, like yeah. family members. Um, and they just didn't know. Um, and then I, I put it on a, like I said, I put it on a, a website called my blog and I had messages and emails off um, parents and people with similar kind of conditions and stuff. And it was just, yeah, I, fe- I felt I needed to do it because I thought, I just felt like it was the right thing to do because I didn't, the last thing I wanted was kids the age of 15 or the age of 12 to suffer like I did and making him and make mistakes like I did because I didn't look after my body and potentially them stopping it doing themselves. Um, and I think it's, it's definitely an important message to put out there. Um, yeah. And like I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on the bandwagon, but it's a fair thing to say, but obviously we're, we all talk about mental health nowadays. Um, it's a massive thing. I, I hate jumping on the bandwagon, but it's got to be done. Um, I, I struggle mentally with diabetes for ages and I won't, won't lie about it. I've, I've seen a counsellor over 15 times, I reckon. Um, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. Kind of thing. I, I had to see a counsellor because I didn't know where my head was at with my diabetes um and it made me question everything else in my life um and I think putting that blog out for me it it helped me knowing that I was helping other people or trying to help other people um like I say it's like if it helped one person as they say cliche it's it's helped so I'm glad I did it um some some people (laughs) may take it differently but I, I think it's the best thing I've done, to be honest with you, in the last kind of year. It's the best thing I did during lockdown because I've explained things that I felt that needed to be heard. Yeah, and it's also the fact that it was it was a way of releasing a lot of emotions. Um, so you can imagine if you if you were diagnosed when you were 10, it's 10, 12, 13 years of emotions, not just the fact yeah. of just now it's what you felt when you when doing when when you were a child when you've gone through a few experiences when you've I mean everything's wouldn't say but everything's like bottled inside you isn't it and then at some point it's gonna have to come out yeah. um your way of like for me my 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 way of releasing now is through podcasting and community with people because I just love chatting yeah. to people and we have talks we have chats and it's I mean, do it once a week and you're just like, no, you know what? That was actually a nice little chat with some people that I've never met before. Um, and yeah, hearing but- their story and stuff like that. And you do think to yourself, like, people do have their own way of venting and releasing emotions. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think um, you're jumping on the bandwagon at all. I just think that nowadays there is more awareness um, with mental health and people are starting to realize, wait a minute. I have got, I don't mean I have anxiety. I do have depression. I do have this. And people are more open to talk about it. Maybe 10, yeah. 15, 20 years ago, if, if you'd be very, very minimum, like a small amount of people who had anxiety or knew they had anxiety, they might have, but no one would. I mean, um, 20 years ago, can you, a man a man being depressed, was it unheard of? Or it'd be very, it would be very, a small majority. Because of the stigma around, yeah, I mean, and this is not me going in on 
men who are depressed or anything. It's just, it's the stigma that was around that if you are a man, you cannot be depressed. Um, and now, yeah. I, I mean, we are we are moving forward in the sense that we are accepting our emotions, we're accepting how we're feeling, and that's why I think I've read the blog a couple of times, and I'm like. Everything in there is raw emotion. You can say it's genuine how you felt and the fact that it's years and years and years of build-up um, and the way, I mean, you could, you, even if you'd have wrote a letter or if you'd have put a Facebook post or something like that, I don't think the, the message would have been as clear, but writing on a blog was just like, I think, the perfect release for you um, to get that full emotion yeah, out. And I think... I think a lot of kind of obviously me putting that out there also we as we know that um I think prior to that that I think you can read that the, the bottom part of it there's about eight lines about relationships and how diabetes I'm not going to bring up what happened in mine no um no um but that's 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 a huge that's a huge part to play as well with having any condition it is it's a massive thing because when i don't know what the best way to describe it is but when you've got a condition you do you do start to you do you question yourself a lot thinking are you good enough should it why why is like i've said it in the blog i said the same words why is this person with me why would they want the hassle of being with someone but me saying that now i think i'm sound stupid but when I was in that mindset, you're like, Fuck, I, you, you always question yourself and you're always like, but you know, why is she with me? Why, why is this? Why is that? And that's, and I don't, I don't care who you are. And I think it's true. Everyone goes through that. It doesn't matter if you've got a condition or not. Um, pe- people have kind of issues with their kind of appearance and that affects them day to day life. It's not just people with serious health conditions. It's everybody. People have anxiety, people have kind of worries about themselves, the way they speak, the way they kind of present themselves. And it's a, ma- it's a massive, massive thing. Um, and obviously, I'm sure you've read it on those eight lines where if I had looked after myself, I could have helped stop things happening, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a massive thing that should be discussed as well. Like about It's not just diabetes, it's about everything to do with relationships it's not just with a relationship with a partner it's a relationship with family because I'm sure you know when you've been pissed off or you've been upset about having something go wrong for you if you don't have anyone else there to blame you're going to blame your parents or your brother or sister or any family member you've got around you yeah um that's just how it is because they're the only person you can talk to so you take your your uh your aggression out and out on them and it's yeah it's the way it is sadly but they do say you take the take it um take it out on the closest people to to you yeah exactly and that's one thing i do miss about working in the kitchen because now I, i've got like i used to enjoy taking out on people in the kitchen you know what i mean but now i can't <laughs> I, i've got to find other people <laughs> to be fair i don't find i don't find stress anymore um honestly that the difference and as you mentioned um the different environments and different everything um and it, it's it's a strange one um but you mentioned a little bit on sports um quite a bit ago as well um that you played hockey you played golf uh, badminton you've mentioned badminton no 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 uh, kind of like squash 
squash rugby. Squash, yeah. Um, how has diabetic has diabetic affected you in sports? Because um, I, I I know I've passed out playing football when it's too cold and not had breakfast and stuff like that. So, and that was down. That I had no no energy doing. And I remember, yeah. and I'll never forget my mum telling me, "Have breakfast, or you'll pass out." And I went, "No, I won't. I'll be fine." And I cycled to the to the pitch, and I got put in a car on the way home because I passed out. Still scored a hat trick though, so it's okay. <laughs> 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 um, well, I suppose if anyone that knows me, I'm very competitive and I like to win in whatever I do. Um, and at least, like I say, I used to just play sports and well, not used to. I, before, prior to having diabetes, I was doing sports three, four nights a week. I was swimming, like swimming the school, like competitions, golf, tennis. Um, like I, said, I was I was Cheshire level for tennis and hockey. But nothing else. Um, but I used to love it. But like I said, I took that six months out. But I think for the first six, seven years, I was actually scared of playing some certain sports. Yeah. And I shouldn't have been, but I was scared. It's because I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe I'd make an embarrassment out of myself if I, I don't know, get low on the golf course or I have a low and I start sweating. And like I said, I've, I played a, I played in um, it was a daily daily mail competition in in summer by, by 2014. I remember playing at Wallasey, and if anyone that knows golf, Wallasey is a top top golf course. It's where they have like open qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. It's a massive, massive um, kind of honour to play there, and we it was a, it was an 18 hole golf competition. Going on to the 12th hole, I was winning. Like we're talking like by five or six shots, I was playing absolutely amazing. And then my blood sugars go low. And I just start crumbling. Like <laughs> I know it did start crumbling. You lose all your strength. Um and it's just yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but I'm glad it happened because after that I made sure I always take a bottle of Lucas because I didn't take any sugar with me. I didn't take any kind of these are my kind of Lucas A tablets, like my Dextro tablets here. Yeah. That I, I didn't take house, um, myself. Yeah. I didn't take any sugar tablets, no sweets, nothing. And I thought I'll be all right. I was all plaza about it, as I am about everything, pretty much. But um, And I just, yeah, I crumbled. Um, it's happened to be on playing tennis as well. I've, I just get jelly legs while my blood sugars go low. Um, but then there's other instances where I go to the gym not every instance because it's it's different sometimes. But if I'm if I go to the gym, I'm like kind of you doing weights or you going massive cardio on the row machine. My blood sugars ha- go high because right. all the toxins that are in my body get released and they're mixing around. I don't I don't know the proper medical term for it to be honest. I can't lie, um, but it just get, my blood sugars shoot up high, um, and when your blood sugars go high so imagine if my blood sugars are 7.6 which is the perfect level that's like the green zone where you want to be um you start going up and it gives you a massive high it gives you like it's like you've had a red bull um and then by the time you get to 15 you just feel lethargic you feel like you need to go to sleep you feel like like a bloody granddad you feel like you and that's after 10 minutes of doing kind of lifting or that's not that's not every time that i think that has something to do with diet preparation towards going out what you've done that week um but yeah i've 
always push I always push myself sports wise. Like last week I went on like a 45k bike ride with my mate Russ. Um play golf, tried to play golf every other week. Um I play in the third and fourth team of the hockey club. I'm a member at, I haven't played obviously the season's been wrote off, but I'll be back in September. Um he says he plays tried- every time he sends me Snapchat, he's on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> no we we rotate we rotate mate we rotate don't every single week <laughs> all right i'm like i thought you played you just did it to get saturdays off work that's all you're doing that for um but one thing um that i've spoken to you about before that absolutely wrecks my mind is the technology behind it now um the yeah. fact that when when i first met you you and it go, it, it, I hate needles, and it goes through me. Um, nothing against the person doing it, but it goes no. through me seeing someone um, putting a needle in themselves. But now you don't have to do it. You, you can just literally tap a device, and, and like you, what you do, you put your phone like that, and it just yeah, well, takes the thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, um, so, so, go on. Go on. What I was going to say was, for me, the technology behind it is incredible right now. Um, yeah. it, it's moving, and the fact that we can now take a reading through a phone, because everyone's got a phone, okay? And now, yeah. you don't, you, am I right in thinking you don't have to carry a rucksack with you anymore? You don't have no, to do exactly. any of that, because you could just do use the, the little Game Boy, as you mentioned, <laughs> and just release, <laughs> release insulin. Yeah, so that's the that's the thing on my arm there. Um, just takes two seconds. Tap my phone on it, um, and it just gives me a blood my blood reading. Then I've got the one in my stomach, but I'm not going to get my beer belly out for everybody. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's connected to, and I just put it in my back pocket. Like that is that is the size of a Game Boy, um, and that this pump that I've got, which gives me medicines, the best best thing I've ever had. Hundred percent, without a doubt, because I remember you probably remember in in so work. It cost you a few hundred quid that. Yeah, it was, five, order, it? it was five grand. Wow, I remember you saying that there's only a certain amount made um, that is going to yeah. cost you a lot of money, and I was like, why? Why would you do it? But the fact that if it's benefited you this much, you can't yeah. put a price on it. You can really, no, really I- cannot put a price on having good health. And it's one thing I preach about all the time is you can't put a price on investing in yourself and you've invested, no. if you've invested five grand for an extra, if the convenience of it to start off with, not having to carry a rucksack, not having to everything I can't, I mean, it all adds up eventually to a bigger picture where you go, do you know what? That was worth 10 times that. Yeah. Well, it's try, trying to explain to people now when they ask about what it is and they were like, well, how long have you had it? And I said, only 18 months. So what did you do before then? Well, I injected eight times a day. Yeah. So I've got I've got scars on my legs, I've got like little kind of puffy marks on my ass cheeks and my stomach where I used to inject because used to hit veins and stuff. Yeah. Used to work inject. So going from injecting from eight to sometimes ten plus times a day because when we're in the kitchen, obviously yeah. up and down to just having a pad on me and I don't have to do anything apart from press a button that takes less than. 30 seconds it's a it's a complete change it's amazing and it'll it'll, it'll only get better and yeah. hopefully it'll get better very soon but yeah 
Well, as you, as you say, it's it's a rel- I don't know exact dates where the first people and stuff like this, but it's a relatively new uh, finding in such to compare with, I mean, going back hundreds and thousands of years and stuff to the plague and all this. It's a relatively new thing. And the, the, if in the last five years, the difference in technology with it, imagine the next five to 10, 15 years with how technology is currently going. It's going to be like, I don't even think you'll have to release insulin i think there'll be a thing where it will keep at that level it'll take it put it back take it put it back and it'll be a, a, a constant thing where you don't have to control it at all um and that's yeah. the sort of levels it'll be going at and yeah it, it's it's incredible how technology is moving forward and how it's helping and benefiting yourself i mean now as he's mentioned the bargains not having to take rucksack and stuff out with you um but where do you see it in five five years' time from now? Um, I don't know. I just I just hope it gets better. Really, like I say, I don't. I think in the past I thought diabetes is something that brings me down. But if I'm honest, I can't I can't remember life without diabetes anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember not having, diabetes, which is a scary thing. Um. But I think, it, like I say, it's evolution, isn't it? Everything gets better. It's like a new car that comes out every two years. It's like an iPhone 11, the iPhone 12. Every, every year, something we progress and there's something different. And I think it's important that a lot of people keep pushing. And it's it, it's it's a massive thing like with cancer as well, isn't it? Like, there's one of my mum's friends... Um, and a year, uh, a month. I don't. Know if, I probably will be credited if I'm wrong. Um, and he's only got a few weeks to live. And that was a month ago. He was absolutely fine, and it's scary. So now that I'm a bit older and a bit more mature, I count myself lucky that I have, I have the, I have access to the things that can change my life and make it better. But at, this, at the other end of the spectrum, there's people that have cancer and more serious things that they just can't change and that's that's a scary thing um so yeah let's just hope it gets better they will they will um, and i say technology moving forward um will i mean five years from now we'll be looking back when hey, remember that thing that was in your pocket when you had to do that yeah. being the same as now we're looking back at having to inject yourself and stuff it's a, it's a thing of the past and it, it's the way things are going um and yeah, the next five years I can imagine being ridiculous, to be fair with you. Um, before we go, I will link the blog underneath the podcast on Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube and everything. Um, but where can people find you? Um, I don't actually know what my Instagram I think I'm Andrew James. Um, obviously, if you go on Gethin's followers, I think I've, he follows me back. Hopefully, fingers and, crossed. Andrew James P. <laughs> yeah, it, it is Andrew James P. Then on, on Facebook, it's just Andrew James Parrot. Um, but like I say, if there's anyone that's got questions about diabetes, just yeah, just reach message out. me and see if I... reach out and just hope that you're not in a grumpy mood so you'll reply to them. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a grumpy mood, not in a grumpy <laughs> Yeah. Wait, thank you very much. I mean, uh, as we say, uh, if we help one person, um, and I know 
I know there's a couple of people who are family members of mine, uh, are friends, people who I have worked with previously as well, who have got type one diabetic. If it does bring a little bit of awareness and stuff as well, and it does maybe even a little five percent, someone takes away. Like before going on holiday, researching where they're going, what's what's available there. Um, if it improves a little bit of someone's life, then we've done a good job. Um, but thank you very much for coming on the podcast, mate. No worries, no worries. Happy to be here. <laughs> um, and if you are listening on Apple uh, devices, please uh, give five star reviews um, because I want to get back in the fitness charts of Great Britain. Um, and I'm not going to be like, oh, give me, f-. no, I want to get back in the charts. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>